The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Discover hope and healing from the other side. Welcome to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. Listen, they're all around you, close as a thought or a memory. Listen, their songs surround you, they dance in the air like a melody. Messages of Hope. Messages of Hope. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Messages of Hope. I'm very excited about our guest today, Debbie Johnstone. She's an animal communicator. Those of you that follow Ty and I on our travels around the country know that we go everywhere with our two little long-haired dachshunds, Rudy and Gretchen, who are beside me right now. And I know that so many of you have furry children, both here and in the afterlife. And what's so cool is that Debbie speaks to animals telepathically on both sides of the veil, just like I speak to people on both sides of the veil. So let me tell you a little bit about Debbie before I bring her in. She uses her natural empathic abilities, compassion, a sense of humor that you'll hear today, and a down-to-earth communication style to bring animals and their people closer together. She communicates telepathically with all species of animals, as I said, both living and in spirit, and works on an intuitive level by tuning into their energy. And I'm excited because Debbie's going to show you that you can do it too. So, Debbie, welcome to the show. Hi, Suzanne. It's so good to be here today. Uh, You know, a day talking about animals always makes me happy. Yay. So why don't you tell us how you came to discover your ability to communicate with animals? Um, Well, that's kind of an interesting story. Um, It kind of has a a beginning and then uh, a little bit, the middle is interesting and then, and now here we are. Um, I've I've actually been able to hear them uh, from, for as long as I can remember. Um, my, My memories are being around about two years old and my best friend was a little black cat with white teeth named Boots, and mm-hmm. he was really my best friend. I didn't really think of him as being any different from me, uh, but he wasn't my cat. He belonged to the neighbors, and he spent all his time with me. Oh, and nice. I I just could hear them like I, I I didn't think anything about it. It was just, just the way it was, and um, I continued talking to animals in that way until about age seven. And then my mom said to me, you know, Debbie, you're getting to be a big girl. You, you need to stop playing and, and pretending. And I turned it off. And wow. so I went on to corporate America. I became a, a, a computer programmer, a technical person for many, 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 many years. And remembered 2001 when 9-11 hit, I kind of had a health crisis. 
I took stock of my life and decided I needed to leave corporate America. And it and I it all kind of came back to me. And I worked very hard over about three-year period to build my business, practice, get really good at it. And then I allowed myself to actually do work with um, on a professional uh, business level. That's really amazing because it's just like the stories of so many mediums that I hear and so many people heard from spirits, people, humankind, when they were children and the parents said, no, those are imaginary, turn it off, and they did, and then they turn it back on. So what? Exactly. So this isn't just you're just not sensing hello, uh, I, how are you from the animals? You were actually having conversations with them? Absolutely. Um, yeah, hello is part of it. <laughs> we always start that way. Um, and and for me, and I believe this is true for um, anyone, that there's things that we pick up from our animal companions, whether they're in spirit or if they're in a physical body. And we pick things up, and information can come, can flow to us in about six different ways, from thoughts and feelings, pictures, sounds, even taste and smell. And um, it, it truly is a conversation. It may not be exactly like you and I are speaking right now. Uh, there may be some interpretation that needs to happen based on I'm getting a picture this time versus a thought. Thoughts kind of sound like English language, but sometimes they communicate with pictures or sounds or tastes. And, but it, it's a back and forth and it's a flow. And so I always tell people, you can think of me as your translator, meaning, you know, I'm not translating French or German or Spanish. I'm translating cat, dog, horse, you know, tortoise, <laughs> whoever it is I'm talking to. But it, it becomes a very conversational kind of flow, I would say. Okay. So I'm going to put you on the spot here as I'm an evidence-based medium. Those who follow me know that I, I need proof that this is really an animal or a person that I'm communicating with. Do you have an example of a, uh, any story where you helped an animal with an issue yeah. and, it, and it was verifiable, something that you couldn't have known was going on with that animal? And I would agree that that's something that I, I also, especially when I'm talking to animals that are in spirit. So that's always my intention. Um, I always have to get out of the way, though, because I have to deliver the messages that they're giving me. And so it's really up to them what they want to bring through. Um, mm -hmm. this, this story is probably one of my favorite stories, and I have lots of stories, but this was a cat uh, named Wolf, a big, 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 big fluffy cat. And we started this uh, series of sessions, and he was in physical form. He was in body, and he was sick. Um, he had a pretty serious illness, and so his person connected to me in order to help understand what he wanted through the process. You know, are these medications working? Does he not want that? Because sometimes giving medication alone can be very stressful. The act of, especially for a cat, cats don't really like being force-fed or given medication. Mm -hmm. And so that went on for a while. And there came a time where he said, it's getting time for me to leave, um, and he communicated that it was time for him to transition, and he asked for assistance, and mm -hmm. this is probably four or five months into having sessions, and um, at that point, 
um, he, he moved on to the other side. And um, a week or so after that happened, and I love this story because it kind of answers the question that you asked. Um, his person said to me, you know, uh, this has nothing to do with you, but I really need to know that all that time we were talking to Wolf, I need a piece of information or something that will help me to be at peace with the decisions and conversations we've made or had. And um, so she went on vacation. She said, I'll be back in a week. And I talked to him while she was gone. And he gave me a couple of pieces of information. I had no idea what they meant. Hmm. Uh, the first thing he shared with me, um, it was a picture. And it was a color, it was a color pink. I just saw pink. I'm like, okay, I have a feeling there's something more. And then he shared with me the word panther. So it was pink panther. <laughs> and then the next thing he said, and, I, and so um, the first one came through as a picture. The second one came through as a thought. And the third one came through as a feeling. And, and it was, I want her to feel this way again. I get a little choked up when I tell this story. Um, <laughs> so he, I, I communicated this to her when she got back. Pink Panther, and I want you to feel this way again. And she said, um, after, through tears, she said to me, I, I, you won't believe this, uh, about three months into his illness, I changed my cell phone ringer to the Pink Panther tune. <laughs> and nice. the sec- I mean, that's pretty cool, but the yeah. second part is what blows me away, and this is generally how when they're on the other side, they so want their people to know they made the right decision and, and they love them and they'll stay connected. And she said, I would be sitting in my chair working and he would be on my lap and I would be rocking him and the phone would ring and the Pink Panther tune would play and I would giggle or I would laugh and he would look at me like, oh, isn't that the best thing ever? Oh, and nice. He wanted her to feel that way again, meaning he wanted her to be happy again. Wow. Wow. And so this, again, shows intelligence from those in spirit, whether they're human or animal, because spirit is spirit, and they know how to get to us. That's brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, that's one of my favorites. I have a lot of others. And, you know, that, that was a pretty phenomenal message. And usually when animals come through in spirit, you know, their goal is to help the person feel better. Um, the other thing they really want their people to know is if, they, if the person had to assist them in crossing over, then they want their person to know they made the right decision. And as you know, when death occurs, the people that are left behind tend to have feelings of guilt. I should have done this and I should have done that. And many times that's what the animals really want their people to know, that all the pain is gone. They, all they see themselves as having a beautiful, loving relationship, a great life, and they want their humans to let that go. So those kind of messages come through often in very different ways, um, but, but it's really amazing that, you know, it's, you know, love transcends the physical body, and they really just want that message to come back to their human. 
Perfect. That's the, these are the same messages that we get from our human companions and those we love. And so people are constantly asking me, will I see my pets when I get to the other side? I know what I tell them, but you're the expert in animals. So what do you, what do I, I you know from you experience and from evidence? Yeah, well, and, and um, so yesterday, I, this is a really brand new story. Um, a little white Pomeranian named Pearl. Uh, had most recently, about two weeks ago, crossed over, and her human was just devastated. You know, it, they, it was the only dog this woman ever owned or ever ever had in her life, and um, there was some guilt around it. And I didn't know what she wanted to know, but what I tend to try to do is turn the conversation over to the animal and let them just share with me anything that the person needs to know or wants to know. Um, and Little Pearl had lots of bits of wisdom to say to Mom. One of the first ones was, please tell her that I, I am not upset with her for getting mad at me when I um, almost tripped her. Uh, Pearl liked to stay around her legs. Uh. And they had just moved into a new place. And, and the woman was very grief-stricken and feeling guilty because she was angry at Pearl for getting under her legs and feet as oh, they were moving. See, and so see that every, was like everybody first. who's listening, this is what I want them to hear, this kind of evidence. Because as you're sharing your what you were saying earlier, Debbie, that, oh, they, you know, they're just fine on the other side. I so want people to know we don't make these things up just to make everybody feel better. Here you have this evidence of exactly the issue that was going on in Pearl's mom's life. It's just beautiful. So you can keep it going is. with that story. Oh, yeah. It was It was really uh, – and I always know, um, just like the other cat story, that, you know, something is very important because it usually um, – the, the person cries. And when there's a tremendous amount of um, emotion coming through from the animal, I can feel it. So I can feel the love. I can feel the heartache and the grief. I can feel it all, and I can share that with them. And so at this point, around the end of the conversation, I have tears streaming down my face because I can feel this connectedness that Pearl wants her person to know. And one of the last things that Pearl said to her mom, her human mom, she said, I will be here... I will be here to meet you when you cross over. I promise you I'll be here to meet you. And that was the thing that she needed to hear more than anything. I didn't know that, but that's what she wanted. She says, I will never have another dog ever because this was my relationship. The other thing that was pretty cool is a black cat met Pearl, helped Mm. her cross over and stayed with her. And the same woman had one black cat her whole life and had the same relationship with the cat as she did with Pearl, the dog. And oh, so wow. we have a have a cute black cat and a pretty little fluffy Pomeranian that's white together. <laughs> uh, and they were kind of palling around. That makes me laugh because I don't, did they know each other in human, when, in when, not in human form, that's not. the way I talk as my, as a regular medium. I know. Did they, were they in the same, and, with their mom together at the same time or separate times in her life? separate. And so the connection was the human. Wow. So, you know, we usually think of dogs and cats not always getting along, so it's kind of funny to me to think of a dog being greeted by a cat. (laughs) Well, and it's so funny you should say that because 
um, the the woman that I was speaking to said, and they're getting along. She was surprised. <laughs> <laughs> she thought she thought the Pomeranian would um, uh, actually kind of rule the relationship. But you know, a lot of those differences don't really matter anymore once they trans you know transition into spirit. Um, it, they kind of all have the same perspective on what they want to accomplish, but um, just like humans, the cat just knew. like humans, <laughs> exactly. The kitty knew that it was important that she be there for Pearl for her mom. Yeah, I, I was thinking that both of them would feel in each other that that they had that same connection with the mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that's awesome. So, tell us what kind of challenges you assist with both the animals and their human companions yeah some are very very simple and very easy sometimes the simplest ones can be the hardest you know why is my cat not using the litter box and i i love talking to cats because they're very forthright i i truly don't believe that um a species um is all animals within a species act exactly the same. It's just like people. They all have their unique personalities. But for the most part, cats kind of tell you like it is. You know, they're very (laughs) forthright. And I really enjoy that. So it could be my cat's not using the litter box. I do an awful lot of work on um, helping people to understand what's going on inside uh, an animal that's in in physical form and if they're not feeling well, where it hurts. Yesterday, I was working with a couple of horses, and they could not figure out, and the vet couldn't figure out where the pain was. And I'm very fortunate and blessed to be able to feel it. They send it to me. I feel it in my body. Once I tell the person what it's like, what it feels like, and I can kind of say it kind of feels like this, and it's located here, then it goes away, fortunately, (laughs) for me. Yeah. uh, But there's that. There's a physical... Um, I do, like I said before, a lot of work on animals that are not well, um, who are going through heavy-duty treatments and what they want and when it's time to transition if they want assistance. And then there's the whole other side of once they get to the other side, um, you know, talking to reconnecting people with them. That's fantastic. So those of you who may have joined us a little late, we're talking to animal communicator Debbie Johnstone. And if you'd like to find out more about Debbie, her website is listentoanimals.com, with the two being the number two, listen, numeral two, animals.com. So before we get to the bottom of the hour, Debbie, I do see that we have a caller on the line. Kay, if you're still there, do you have a question for Debbie? Hi. Can you hear me? We sure can. What's your question? Oh, good. Cause I, uh, I was just wondering, um, I had an experience having a dog that's currently with me that was t- telling me about past lifetimes uh, mm-hmm. together. Is that something that you have come across experiencing in your work? Absolutely. Hi, Kay. Um, yeah, Hi. that happens more than you would imagine that it does. And because I, I think it's very similar, and maybe Suzanne, you can chime in here, that when we have a connection, it, it doesn't mm-hmm. seem to matter whether it's a human soul or an animal soul, we tend to come back to each other over and over again. 
Um, I will tell you, I have seven little dogs right now, um, mm-hmm. all little yappy ones, which, as you can hear, they're all quiet right now. <laughs> but um, every single one of them have been with me before. Wow. So, that's a great yeah, question, they, Kay. Some yeah, of them and I, and I remember their past lives, Kay. Not all of them, Yeah, but some of them can. Well, that's how I became aware of them. I, I did animal rescue work for a long time in uh, New Mexico, and two of them are rescue, and the one that has made that clear, and he's a cranky old guy. He's 14 years old now, and uh, he told me he wanted to experience a lifetime of contrast, and I got the feeling that he was in the human body at one time in one of the times, but he, he said he liked hanging around me, and I I thought mm-hmm. I could put up with him. He'd like to stay with me. <laughs> How wonderful. Yeah, so. All right. Yeah, anyway. And and yeah. I will tell you, Kay, that, that more often than not, animals do remember their past lives. Hmm. Yeah, I, I kind of felt that, too, especially with these three that uh, I'm with all the time. And, uh, I, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm the one that doesn't seem to get it. I just can kind of feel in these thoughts sometimes. So anyway, I, I was wondering about right. that, if you had come across that in, in your uh, practice. Thank you. Well, thank Thanks, you. Kay. Thanks very much, Kay. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. So Debbie, I was I was intrigued by the question by the comment you made about the cat not wanting to use the litter box. Would there be things not besides not being clean? Perhaps I don't want to get into anything oh. disgusting here, but <laughs> I think the behavior issues that we might not be aware of as humans. What kind of things do the animals tell you that we need to think about? Um, there's so many different ones, and the the I would say the primary message is if an animal's behavior changes from one particular way to another, then that's definitely a message that something's going on. And that's when you start asking yourself what's going on. Why Why are they no longer using a litter box? Uh, litter box issues can be health reasons, urinary tract infection, kidney infection. I had a cat um, a week or two ago that had severe arthritis and was having trouble getting into the litter box and had been doing everything it to tell its mom that it needed help, and that was the way, you know, that's kind of the exclamation point, if you will, to get attention. We always, when they don't, you know, go if they go potty in the house, that's one of those things that kind of get humans' attention. Wow. It makes me it makes me feel sad that more of us don't have animal communicators when things like this go on because I know we want to know what they're trying to tell us, and it's frustra- it must be frustrating for them as it is for us. Wow. I, I, I think even my own animals uh, get frustrated with me sometimes. <laughs> so is there a difference? Can you tell the difference between talking to an animal that's here in physical form versus one that has passed to the other side? I would say a little bit yes and a little bit no. If I'm not trying to find that out, there's no difference to me. However, uh-huh. over the course of having a conversation, an animal that is in spirit will answer questions a little bit differently, uh, talk less about being in physical form. And when I really look at things, I'm, I'm, I have a lot of um, clairvoyant skills, meaning that I, I see things inside my head, not outside. My internal vision is much better than my external vision. And 
I can see color. So usually when an animal comes through in spirit, I see pink or purple around them. And when they're in hum um, physical form, I see green around them. But if I'm not really looking for that or paying attention, the way in which they communicate and the way in which I connect to them is exactly the same. Very cool. And that's just like it is for mediums who deal with people. Uh, because sometimes we have connected with those who are still living and we think we're speaking to somebody that's passed. And it, it can be very subtle because, to my understanding, we're talking to the soul. So before we mm -hmm. break, that's a good question. Many people were, t were taught by, by religious leaders that animals don't have souls. What do you say to that? Um, I say that they tell me they do. And I have a really, <laughs> yes. um, if we have time later, I have an awesome story about a husky that taught me that, that lesson. Oh, wow. Well, why it, don't you start it, it, it now, and if we don't finish before okay. the break, we'll finish it. Little husky by the name of Kairos, very, very advanced and old soul. He was a tiny little guy, I'm going to say three or four months. I talk to him often. He's kind of a repeat client. <laughs> and um, he always likes to teach me something. And this time he said, watch this. And so I could see him in my mind's eye, my mind's eye and his little body was, all green and he just looked like a little puppy and he says hold on watch and this purple bubble was around him or a purple um i guess i would call it a bubble i could see him inside this bright green bubble i'm um, sorry i have this reversed a bright purple bubble and it, and he goes wait watch and it was like one of those scenes on tv when the camera pulls back <laughs> and yeah. so he kept getting smaller and smaller and the purple color kept getting bigger and bigger, and it looked huge. And he says, see that? And I said, yeah, what are you trying to tell me? He goes, that green spot is my physical body. That purple stuff is my soul. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> what a great lesson. <laughs> now, I, I missed exactly. the part. Was he living or was you talking to him in spirit? He, he, he was in, uh, in a body, a little puppy. In a body. Wow. What? That's very cool to have those visuals. So I, well, that, yeah, that's exactly. what you're communicating with, right? When you're communicating with, with the animal, whether it's here or over there, you're communicating with the soul, correct? Um, not always. And there, there is a differentiation. Um, when, when we're working with an animal in physical form and you need to correct the behavior or negotiate the correction of the behavior, um, I should say, then you got to work with the energy that's in the body. Okay. But there's many, many, they're very connected to their souls. There's not that, um, usually there's not a lot of blocking memory. And so it's pretty easy to get to the soul if needed be. Okay, well, we can tell by the music we're being cut off. We'll be back <laughs> after a short break to talk more to Debbie Johnstone, animal communicator. Thanks, Debbie. You're welcome. Welcome back. You're listening to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. Hi, everybody. We're back with Debbie Johnstone, animal communicator. I was introduced to Debbie through our mutual friend, Suzanne Wilson, who's my partner in mediumship. 
And uh, Suzanne helps to run the Afterlife Research and Education Institute Symposium each year. And this year, Debbie is one of the speakers there. So be sure to look up the AREI Symposium. And Debbie has some a workshop coming up in Carefree, Arizona in August as well. So Debbie, can anyone communicate with animals? I, I really do believe that the answer to that question is, is yes. Um, and I think it, it, it's a skill um, just like um, any other skill that we work on. And even though I was kind of tuned into it when I was little, I did have to spend some time uh, practicing it. And I got better at it and really honed my skills. I actually spent two years practicing without um, – I work with animal rescues, and they gave me animals to talk to. And so um, – I think people actually do get things from their animals and may not always be aware of it. Sometimes they think it's them that, that's thinking, but we can get thoughts and feelings, sometimes pictures, images. Um, there's so many different ways an animal can communicate. If you're not really paying attention, I, I think you, most people get it very, very easily but are not always aware that they're getting and so if you're interested in it, you just practice. Um, it, but I do believe it's something that every, it's an innate ability that everyone can actually. Yeah, because it's, it's soul-to-soul communication, yep. uh, whether they're in a physical form or not. So speaking of not being in physical form, you have a story you've shared. You haven't told it to me, but you told me you have a wonderful story about what I animals do. see when they cross over. Um, you know, everyone's a little bit different, but this was one of my, it's one of those that I just can't stop remembering because it was so beautiful. So I had, um, this is about a horse, and Mike was the horse's name, and he was an old guy. I'm going to say late 30s, maybe even 40, which is pretty old for a horse. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he had um, his back end was no longer working. So he couldn't walk. And when horses can't walk, they can't really live anymore because they have to be able to walk and move. And so his person assisted him in crossing over. So uh, she helped, but she wasn't able to be with the vet when the vet helped him cross over. And he... We had a conversation after he crossed over, probably a week or two after he crossed over, and he wanted her to know what he experienced because she was so concerned because when you watch a horse a horse um, get euthanized, it can be pretty hard to watch because they're big and they fall. And she was, you know, all of that was in her mind. But here's what he shared. And generally a vet will use um, some type of uh, drug that will help calm them first. And so he's standing, he's still in body, and he's showing me that as the process started to take place and the vet's readying him, he starts to see in front of him two balls of white light. And, and what it kind of reminded me of was like it was very, very white energy and they were circling, like turning around um, in circles. And they just looked like balls of white energy, very peaceful feeling, um, like they were there to assist them. He didn't know who it was. He didn't know what it was. 
um, but he knew that he felt good. Oh, and the other thing is that there was a scent, a rose scent, uh, when these balls appeared. And he actually sent that to me so I could smell it. Um, a few seconds, a few minutes later, he, he leaves his body. And as he leaves his body, these balls of white light turn into two white horses. Magnificent white horses with wings, and he they guided him to the other side. He didn't show me getting to the other side, but it was like they were on either side of him, like guardians or guides to get him there. You know, they look like Pegasus horses, basically. Yes. Um, and that, that was absolutely amazing, but what I felt, because he shared the energy with me of what he was feeling as this happened, was almost beyond words. I felt very, he shared with me, feeling very safe, very protected, the feeling of going home. The, the amount of love, I had tears streaming down my face again. That happens a lot. <laughs> and I just felt this unconditional love, like it, it was amazing. And, and he was able to share that with me, not only the images, but the feeling. And I, I just can never forget that. Wow. Why do you think you smelled the rose scent? Um, you know, I I have learned, you know, um, I smell scents sometimes with human spirits around, generally flowery kind of scents. But mm-hmm. with the um, uh, many times, the rose scents I don't smell all that often. Um, I have a, a, but he shared with me when that came through, it felt like just a very clear, high vib- vibrational energy. And it was momentary I probably smelled it for five to ten seconds but it was definitely connected to the beings that came to assist and I think it was calming as well beautiful and it's really amazing that we were you're talking that you had this story to share before I even told you that I had uh, one of my listeners Rhonda had written in and wanted to know about what happens when we have uh, when we assist an animal in passing, also called, of course, euthanasia. And mm-hmm. She wanted to know, are they taken from their bodies before the moment of passing? And what is it, it like, really, which you've just described? Yeah, it, it can happen that way. Um, I've talked to a lot of animals that have crossed over. I actually happened to be connected to a dog as he crossed over. And I didn't have recognition uh, that he died until his people said something. Um, mm. And it was, I could, I could feel like the difference in the energy and I saw different colors that went to green to purple for me. And it was so instantaneous, it, it, it kind of blew me away. Um, but they all kind of shared this with me. Um, timing is a little bit different with every animal. Um, those that go through the euthanasia process most of them don't have any concerns about it, not being afraid. Most of them feel they have communicated to their person that it's time for them to move on and they'd like assistance. Yeah. Um, and so they're, they're happy in that respect. But as far as timing, some of them can remember uh, a portion of it. As far as being taken from their body, it's, they generally all share with me somebody coming to get them or be with them. Many times they share with me that they can see, and it can be human or it can be other animals. They see them wow. before they cross over. So as they're starting to leave this physical realm, they see somebody standing there. Just um, like people. <laughs> exactly. 
Yeah. I'll never forget. I I talked to a friend, and I don't I don't um, talk to human spirits all that often. I think I shared with you. I I'm more acutely tuned to animals, but I did talk to a husband, a friend's husband who had crossed over, and um, it makes me kind of laugh because she had this beautiful white horse, and as he was going to the hospital, he was in an ambulance, and he later crossed over. He saw the horse behind the ambulance following him to the hospital. And then when he was in the hospital, the horse was in the hospital, and that horse ended up being his guide to cross over. So it goes both ways. Very cool. (laughs) It does, yeah. Well, we have a caller on the line, Mary Ellen. I'm going to bring her in just a second. And I invite okay. anybody else who's listening who has a question for Debbie about animals uh, and animal communication with them here or on the other side to call in. The number is 888-55-UNITY. And I just ask you to try to keep your question short and concise, not a lot of sharing so we can fit in more callers. But Mary Ellen, are you there? Yes, I am. This is Mary Ellen. I'm from Wisconsin. And in fact, I saw you at uh, Helping Parents Heal. You're amazing. I'm the lady who gave the bookmark. But what I wondered from Debbie, um, when my uh, 22-year-old son died, it's been almost three years now, he had a cat. Um, It wasn't a cat that I considered a very friendly cat. It was kind of an aloof cat. And within about 12 hours after my son transitioning, his cat, Junior, t- did a, a 180 as far as how he was. Uh, he's now Mr. Friendly Cat. I mean, like, uber-friendly cat, and he'd been like an aloof cat. And what I'm wondering, do um, people who have connections with their animals have an ability to affect the animal's behavior? Absolutely. Um, there can be a variety of reasons. Um, aloof is kind of something that's generally known in the, in the feline world. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, exactly. And, and the other thing that I, I can kind of pick up here is that he was so connected to your son. And oh, yeah. the other thing you might watch for is that the, your son probably is still very much in contact with him. Um, heart-to-heart, mind-to-mind, they, they connect even from the other side. Animals are very easy, easily connect. So I'm sure they're still having conversations, and I bet your son is suggesting. Oh, that I have he, to tell you both that my lip is twitching like crazy, and then what I'm sensing is that your son is actually merging his consciousness with the cat to to because they had a bond. He's able to get through to the cat, hey, look, mom needs extra company now. Mm. You know, send her more love through the cat. It's very and, strong. And by yeah. the way, that Mary Ellen, that happens a lot where another animal that's on the other side or even human beings that are on the, the other side, I call them pop-ins because they, they come into the animal for a brief moment or a brief few moments so you know you're stopping by to say hello. Beautiful. I, I kind of knew when, when this cat appeared in my bedroom as I was sitting there going, please just tell me my son didn't die. Uh, cat hops up on the table in front of me and starts hiccuping. Now, I've had enough cats in my life. I know what hairballs sound like. <laughs> and this was definitely a human hiccup, and it was something that my son hated to do. We would tease him about, you know, oh, when he'd get wow. the hiccups. So, but yeah, Junior. And I, every day when Junior's making me happy, I 
thank my son. Perfect. For, you know, Perfect. Although it saved the cat too, you know, if I hadn't liked him, absolutely, and, and send him back to the Humane <laughs> yeah. Society or something. But no, it benefited both of us. How Beautiful. wonderful! Thank you, Mary Ellen. Thanks very much. Uh-huh. All right. Anybody else with a question? Again, the number is eight 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 five five Unity. So, Debbie, what yeah. other ways do animals send messages to their loved ones from the other side? Oh, there's so many different ways. Um, some are really wild and some are really wonderful. Um, one of my, um, one way that one of my own animals, um, like I said, I have little dogs and had a little Pomeranian named Muffin. And my favorite thing to do was to hold her and bury my face in her fur because it was so soft. And after she transitioned, I every on occasion, the fur had a very different smell and I could smell that. So I could actually smell her around. I've had animals and tell me they have left feathers. I had a really cool story with a little dog that told his mom he was going to send her a blue marble. And she waited for a while, and uh, she's like, okay, I'm just going to buy them. And she bought marbles, and she ended up getting a bag of green ones as opposed to the blue one. And when she opened the bag, there was one blue one, blue one in the green bag of marbles. Oh, cool. <laughs> and sometimes people see nose prints on windows, even after Whoa. their animals are gone. Um, many, many times they'll use little creatures, hummingbirds, moths, butterflies. Um, I had a dog that kept appearing to me and saying hello to me as a praying mantis. And so many times they'll send us messengers, and if you get an, you know, an insect or a butterfly that's acting a little bit differently, they're trying to get attention and say hello. And the other, other one that we just talked about quite a bit is um, if you have other animals at home and one of your animals transitions, if the animals that are still alive and in physical form will allow this to happen, they will come in to their body for a few seconds, long enough for you to know they're acting differently and it's somebody else, just to say hi. That's awesome. That kind of leads to another question. You have on your website the the kinds of issues that you help people with, and one of those is relationship or behavior issues between multiple animals. Do you have a story of helping pets here in in (laughs) physical form when there was more than one and you were able to identify what the challenge was? Um, Many times um, animals don't get, you know, you have multiple animals and somebody is not getting along with somebody else. In fact, probably about a month ago, I did a session with uh, a couple that had two dogs. One was an older dog and one was a newer one. And And the older one was very upset that a new dog had been brought into the house and had some issues with being a bit aggressive. And so much so that the people were afraid to put them together. Mm -hmm. And so they were keeping them separated. And after the discussion, the older dog said, well, I feel like I'm being replaced. And um, we were able to explain to him that this is a playmate for him, somebody to be his buddy. And the people would really love for him to get along with this dog. And there was a few other things that came out, but it it was just, opening up of that line of communication, she she texted me the next day 
and they were able to put them in the same room and they got along fine. Oh, and cool. so it was just a matter of, you know, just like people that have disagreements or arguments, opening up the lines of communication is generally what is necessary. Beautiful. So you not only communicate with animals, you help with healing. Is that correct? I, I do some types of healing, um, a variety. I actually have a um, um, another business where I get inspire, inspiration, inspirational art and, and geometric designs that help aid in healing. And I use that to assist. So um, animals are so amazing at uh, accepting healing energy. Um, you know, you might work on a person for 20 minutes to get some assist, you know, to help them shift something in their physical body. Animal, you know, three to five minutes, and they get up and walk away because they're done. Um, So I have the ability to see energy. Um, Again, inner inner vision, not outer vision. And many times I can pick up on block, energy blocks, and things that are, that can be released and help flow go. So, um, you know, it really depends on the animal. But, yeah, I, I do quite a bit of work in that area. So energy blocks in animals. In, in humans, much many of our energy blocks come from interactions with others who are dissonant mm-hmm. to us or from our own thoughts. Is it the same in animals? It is. <laughs> and it's usually about, <laughs> um, I can almost tell you, uh, people, this always kind of makes me chuckle a little bit, you know. Uh, cat's not feeling well, dog's not feeling well, and I'll talk to them about it, what's going on, and they'll say, well, it's not me. Mom's really stressed at work. And I'll say that to the human, and they'll go, how did you know that? I said, well, I don't know it, but your dog knows it. And so, you know, just like any other family member, um, usually when a healing needs to take place for an animal, it's usually a a joint process where just like a communication process, we talk to the human and the animal. Same thing with the healing. Um, there's generally um, a, a, some type of interaction. doesn't mean it's always the case, but many times it is. But that's really, really important what you just said, that when we're stressed or something's wrong with us, our pets definitely not only pick up on it, but it can affect them physically Absolutely. and emotionally. And and the other way that works is I do a lot of work with rescued animals um, who have been in multiple homes, multiple situations, and they carry that with them, feeling of not being wanted, feeling of being created for a long time, feeling of being moved from house to house. One of the things that horses tell me a whole lot is that people don't understand that inside this physical body, I am an intelligent, sentient being, but Ooh. they treat me like a horse. Oh, and so wow. sometimes healing can take place by simply the new person that comes into their lives, just acknowledging them and understanding that they are sentient, they feel, they think, and that can help them heal from the past. But those are other reasons that animals take on emotional um, issues just like people do. Yeah. Wow. So I'm thinking of my two little dogs. They're so different, just like people have different personalities. And <laughs> yeah. They're both the same breed, 
just a year apart in age, and one of them, Gretchen, has just one expression on her face all the time. But Rudy has expressions, so many expressions. He smiles. He's indignant. He looks righteous. He's just hilarious. Is that just because animals like people are very different? Absolutely. It's just like um, people have different personalities. Um, So do animals. Some are very stoic. Some are very soft. Some are very, I, I, I can't tell you how many I talk to and they have these great senses of humor and they make me laugh just by connecting to them. But then some are serious. And so you never know exactly. Just because they look similar to each other doesn't mean they are similar. doesn't mean that the thing that worked for this one is going to work for that one. Um, you, you just never know because their personalities are completely different. Yeah. So with about five minutes to go, do you have one or two of your favorite animal communication stories you could share with us? I'm sure I do. I think, you know, the the earlier Pink Panther story was probably one of my favorites of all time. But I I think that um, here's a here's a recent one that happened with a little dog. Uh, her name's Shiloh. She's a little um, Shih Tzu. Um, next dog and she's just as cute as can be and we this demonstrates that communicating with your own animals is just so very important and I'll you can do that yourselves you don't need me to do that but this little dog was at home and the woman had um, two men come in to fix a garage door that wasn't working and she didn't tell the dog and, and she's not quite a year old yet so she's young she's absolutely terrified when these men came in even though they're very kind they tried to help her feel better and so um for uh from that scare she started peeing on the bed um that again mom i don't feel safe in my home anymore mm-hmm. and when i con when i talked to her she said to me well if only i knew I wouldn't have been so frightened if I knew that these men were okay and so on and so forth. So um, that's kind of a recurring theme in, in sessions that when something out of the norm or out of, out of pattern is going to take place, you can explain that to your dog or cat in advance. or animal. Exactly. Wow. Absolutely. This is this is eye-opening for me because we have uh, visitors come to our RV a lot and the dogs stand in the doorway and they bark like crazy. And of course, they go mm-hmm. nuts. And it, it never occurred to me in advance to, to sit and talk to them. And, and I, I know from what you've told us in this hour that we don't even have to do it out loud, right? Just Mm-mm. telepathically. You do not. Exactly. Yeah. Usually the best way to go about it is make sure you're not thinking of anything else. They can't read. You know, we have a tendency to think about three or four things at one time. So you got to think about only what you're communicating. You can envision it in pictures. Um, Generally, the easiest way is just to make a connection with your animal, look in their eyes, let them look in your eyes, and just say, um, tomorrow friends are coming over. You you don't know them, but I assure you they're safe and it's okay. Um, And usually you tell them a couple of times, it will help. The other thing that when there's animals that are are just something out of the blue, going to the vet, you taking a trip and somebody coming in to take care of them while you're gone, unexpected, 
that's yeah. when you really need to talk to them because they like structure and they like schedule. So they, just like us, they really want to know what's going on. Yeah, I, I tune into that a lot. I feel sorry for animals because they they don't have the control that we do. And all of a sudden, we're picking them up, putting them in the car, and off we go to the doctor. <laughs> yeah. And But it never occurred to me before getting in the car to sit down. And, and I, I love how you said to clear our minds and, and, and get out of the head, I'm sure, connect at the heart, right? Yeah, and it's so funny you should say that. So when I make a, when I do a connection with an animal, I make two points of connection heart-to-heart and mind-to-mind. And anytime it's somebody I don't know, I, I explain who I am and why I'm there. I feel like if you don't do that and you've never communicated before, it's a bit like walking into somebody's house without knocking. So, um, But your own animal, just you know, envision you're connecting at the heart. Envision you're connecting at the mind. And then tell them whatever's coming so they don't feel so out of control. I absolutely exactly. love that. And you can think it. Um, I think I said earlier that some, some animals are more picture kind of animals, you know, clairvoyant. Some are more claircognizant. I always uh-huh. start with thoughts. And so, just think so, it in your head. Yeah, so I have just one minute. We're going to have to wrap this up, and I don't want to get okay. cut off. But you just made me have a real aha moment. So I don't have to say... Rudy, I'm sorry I'm taking you to the vet. I could just create a picture of the doctor, mm-hmm. a picture of the, the, the vet's office, and, and just send it to him with a big heart that That's this is a safe absolutely. place. Absolutely. And with a good feeling. Wow. I hope that Grounded all of you listening have enjoyed this time with Debbie as much as I have. A lot of ahas and a lot of reassurance. Thank so you. Thank you, Debbie. What a great day. It was really appreciate you. Bye-bye, everybody. We'll see you next week on Messages of Hope. Since 1977, Omega Institute in New York's beautiful Hudson Valley has hosted some of the best spiritual teachers and social visionaries sharing their messages of hope, healing, and transformation. On the Dropping In podcast, hosted by Emmy Award-winning producer Callie Alpert, you will enjoy in-depth interviews and conversations with people like Pema Chodron, Jack Kornfield, John Kabat-Zinn, and many others on the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Also, check out the video series on Spotify.